everybody welcome to another episode of according to fox i'm your host a fox today i have no special guest um it's just me you guys should be used to hearing my voice by now anyway um yeah there's been a lot going on in the world so the first thing i want to start off with you you guys know how i feel about insecure next week is the season finale and you wouldn't have to hear about it after next week but y'all should be watching anyway that show's great. Shout out to Issa Rae for being black excellence personified. Black woman came up from YouTube, had her own series, and then HBO picked it up. And now look at her. Just, just over here flourishing. Shout out to Issa. But yeah, I want to start off with the latest episode of Insecure, where Issa honestly reached out, which I did not want her to do, and spoke to Molly and they had brunch, and apparently it seemed like it was, I wouldn't say it was swept under the rug because it was never resolved. They just bounced past over it and then had a regular conversation like nothing happened before, which friends do. It's been times I've done that with a couple of my friends, and we had ads to each other right before we saw each other, and it was like nothing ever happened. So, you know, that's normal stuff. But then somehow they end up at Molly's boyfriend's house, and, you know, they're playing a game. And Molly accidentally sends the wrong text and sends it to Issa instead of Andrew. I don't know how the fuck she made that mistake. That was, that was wild how they wrote that in. But they had a conversation, a, a real one. And Molly said out of her mouth, mind you, she's the wrong one. She doesn't think new Issa and her are basically like on the same level where they can be friends anymore. This is what Molly says. Issa responds. Okay. So Molly surprisingly goes, okay. Yeah, she wanted her to fight for her. Bitch, that's not your boyfriend. No. She reached out. She extended the olive branch first. You didn't say shit about it. She thought she was over it. And now you want to say it and say some dumb shit. And you want to be like, oh, no, Molly, please don't say that. Fuck you, Molly. Your outfit's been on point this season, though. Came in front of you. Everything you've been wearing is slayed. But fuck you, Molly. Fuck you all season four. All right? Rolling with Issa, and she's back with Lawrence. Thank God, but new Malcolm X trying to move back in again. Nah, I, I mean, I, I'd rather her with anybody but Nathan. So her and Lawrence work out for me. I'm cool with that, but I'm very sad that the next episode is like the last episode for a year. But yeah, shout out to Issa. This shit was a good, a good season. I, I enjoyed the season. I liked it. They finally had a conflict, and that's what I like about Issa. Um, Jermaine said that on last week's show how it's real-life shit she does. Not everything's a fairy tale, and that's what I appreciate about it. So, yeah, shout-out to Issa. Um, Insecure was dope. If you guys don't watch it, you need to. Sunday's at 10 o'clock. Y'all not doing shit anyway. There's no sports on. Nothing else is on TV. Watch some Insecure. It's only a half-hour episode. You can catch up to it, like, in a week. But, yeah, next. 
So there have been a lot of people saying how, you know, we're protesting and everybody's looting, rioting, all this other stuff. And now they're saying, what, you know what I'm saying? What does that lead to? We've been doing this for years. Apparently, we are being heard. You know, it's not 100%. It's barely 20%. But, you know, progress is progress. So within 10 days of protests, Minneapolis banned the use of chokeholds. That should have been a thing before. Um, The charges for the cop who actually murdered George Floyd was um, upgraded from third degree to second degree. I need to know the difference. I, I got to figure that out. I should have had somebody else on the show telling me what the fuck the difference is with the degrees. Um, and all the all four cops in total were arrested and charged. Then um, Dallas has a new du- duty to intervene rule that requires officers to stop other cops who are engaging in inappropriate use of force. Why is that not a thing? I'll circle back to that. But how is that not a thing? Everywhere. Dallas implements this rule. That's insane. Jersey's attorney general said that the state will update its use of force guidelines for the first time in 20 years. Wow. So not only is the justice system racist, it's also archaic. Life has changed drastically since 2000. How have you not updated things? And that is fine. It's fine. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep going. I'm. I. I don't have an attitude. <laughs> Maryland, a bipartisan work group of state lawmakers announced a police reform work group. That sounds. Oh, I don't know. That sounds like it's supposed to be helpful, but it might be more of the same. L.A. City Council introduces motions to reduce LAPD's 1.8 billion dollar budget. Why the fuck do the cops need a billion dollar budget? Wasn't there like nurses and doctors a couple months ago who was pleading for five dollar masks and gloves and coats and they got two bill to spend on guns and wow wow reading this is actually like opening my eyes to the bullshit that this country has really given us like wow i did not know cops received that much bread um in boston they agreed to stop using public buses to transport police officers to protest again how is this a thing this is this is crazy. They actually named this street in front of the White House Black Lives Matter, right? Well, last time I checked, the White House is like 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So everybody keeps saying, oh, his new address is 1600 Black Lives Matter. Technically not. But he's on the corner of Black Lives Matter and Pennsylvania Avenue. I've been there. I've seen the White House. That's exactly the fucking address. Um, but... Yeah, apparently the mayor was like, fuck him. <laughs> that black lady did what she felt like she needed to do. And in big yellow letters that lead to, you know, the White House, Muriel, I'm sorry, Muriel Bowser said, nah, we're going to make sure he sees this from afar. So, you know, that's a big deal. And apparently every borough in New York City is going to have Black Lives Matter Avenue. I don't know which street specifically but it's supposed to be like every like one major street out of every borough is going to have that they're, they're writing it everywhere they're doing it everywhere so we have made progress we have done some things the thing is we are asking for equality um my friend my asia 
Shout out to her. She said, we also need equity. Yes, the money involved, we definitely need parts of that. And I feel like everything that we're asking for, we getting everything but that. Everything. Why do you think I say that? Hmm. So, the Democrat politicians decided that they were all going to come through like we did when we saw the Black Panther, when we all came through in our African garb and can't take cloth. It is wild disturbing to see a bevy of old white people wearing can't take cloth scarves. It, it, I didn't know how to feel. I just knew it was wrong. Nothing about it felt right. Everybody said it's pandering. I'm like, I feel like it is pandering, but I, <laughs> this is how they try. They don't realize how offensive they are, even when they're trying to be supportive. Like, I can't even, like, I, I can't be mad at them because they are ignorant. Like, when people are ignorant, that's what happens. It's, it's, it's just a part of fucking life. But to see Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer kneel for eight minutes, and you know they are put together, they are 347, 12 years old. Like, to see them kneel for eight minutes and get up, but they can't take it, it was it was odd. It was so odd. Like I didn't know what to do with any of it. And it seems like the things that we're really asking for, like, hey, stop police brutality, hey, can we, you know, not kill black people in the street like dogs? They're like, We'll we'll get there. But first, let's put on this Kente Pashmina and see how you guys feel about that. No, <laughs> like, I need you to be proactive, you know? I don't need it to be a, a look. I don't need it to trend. I don't want Black Lives Matter to be trending. I want it to be a thing. I want it to be a rule. I want everybody to know that it should be set in stone that Black Lives Matter. It shouldn't be the hottest shit in the streets because everything that we do as black people is the hottest shit in the streets. So cut it out. Please cut it out. I I want to say, I I can't say I want to thank them because I don't thank them. I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to show solidarity, but it was so... Who did that? Who did it? Who told them, you know what y'all should do? Go to 125th Street and get five yards of the dashiki print right there. Who told them to do that? Either way, I... I I I see y'all vision, but no. Thank you, but no thank you. That's that's all I can say about that part. Um, last week, you know, quarterback Drew Brees yawned. Shout out to Tom Brady. I don't care that he's on Tampa Bay. I'm still a Patriots fan, but shout out to Tom Brady. Anyway, Drew Brees, you know, he was speaking on how, you know, the NFL basically said, Oh shit, Kaepernick been right for the past five years. A duh. So he spoke his piece on Black Lives Matter. And then he said, well, I don't agree with Kaepernick because I would never disrespect the flag. That had nothing to do with anything. Again, he never said anything about the flag. He kneeled out of respect and because he wanted police brutality to end. And apparently a white veteran gave him that idea to do it. I guess they never found out that piece of information. So... He basically, he took it as a disrespect from the American flag. And boy, did them black football plays get in his ass. LeBron James got in his ass as well. Um, Shannon Sharp, almost uh, most of the sports world was letting Drew Brees know you fucked up. Plain and simple. 
so he came out the next day, you know, with a long, heartfelt apology in the picture with a black and a white hand like somebody jungle fever. I don't know who did. Y'all publicists be wilding. Y'all need to fire these people. And he did that. And, you know, it was a long speech. And then Trump said something to defend him. And your man just said, nah. <laughs> he added Trump and was like, no. <laughs> like, I think he realized he fucked up. He's trying to be on the black people good graces from now on. Like his teammates wasn't failing him and all that. So once Trump was like trying to shout him out, he was not with it. He was saying, no, no, no. <laughs> he wanted no parts of Trump's support. He definitely, like, because people don't understand, like, I know there are people who don't realize what's going on in this world. A lot of white people don't understand. They do. They are very ignorant to it. Some are complacent with what's going on with us. Some are cheering it on. Yes, kill, it, kill these people in the street. Some really don't realize shit. They are aloof. True Breeze sounds... Like, he was the aloof one. You know what I'm saying? They had to put him on the knowledge. And quite frankly, I feel like I'm pretty sick of educating white people on what the fuck they did to us. That's in their history books. You can see it clear as day. You know, our history, we got to really read up on shit. Everything that they did is right there in the fine print. And you know what I'm saying? So, I guess schooling people when they need to know is cool. But I don't think that's my job. Especially being that I'm the oppressed. <laughs> to educate the oppressor. Nah, I don't think that's how it works. But um, when Drew Brees said that, you know, there was a sportscaster. What is this lady's name? Because um, she said for LeBron and KD to shut up and dribble. And their children, I mean their children, sorry, they're athletes. And they don't need to talk about what's going on, you know, politically. So... When that was said, you know, LeBron felt some kind of way. He a grown man. Laura Ingram, that's her name. LeBron felt some type of way. And, you know, he voiced his opinion on that. And, of course, he made it like a docuseries called Shut Up and Dribble because he's LeBron James. Not only he not going to shut him up, he's going to make bread off the shit you talk. So when Drew Brees said his political comments, her thoughts were he's entitled to his opinion. This is the ignorant dickhead shit I'm talking about. So Drew Brees can say whatever the fuck he want. LeBron says something, it's shut up and dribble. This is the light they see us in. They only see us as entertainers. They don't see us as people. They don't see us as fathers, husbands, wives, kids, kings, CEOs, queens, nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? They see us as, as modes of entertainment where they can get their fashion from, things like that. And it was it was whack. Like and LeBron called out again. So she shouldn't still have a job. I feel like she really sh- shouldn't still have a job. But you know, this is America. They'll figure that out. Um, this past Sunday was my guy's forty fifth birthday. Who's my guy, you ask? Alan Ezel Iverson. He turned a big forty five, you know. He's only ten years, five months, six days older than me, you know. I calculated that a long time ago. And the story came up about his Reebok deal. So in 10 years, he had a lifetime deal with Reebok. The story that is going around or that I heard years ago was a friend of his went behind his back 
and formed a trust. So he wouldn't spend all his money in one shot. Even though it's a lifetime contract, he wouldn't spend all his money because obviously, you know, he likes his jewelry, he likes his cards, he also likes to gamble. So he was looking out for him. So every year, I want to say since 2008 or nine, I could be off. Um, Reebok gives Allen Iverson a million dollars a year, 800000 after taxes, right? By the time he reaches 55, he will get $32 million from Reebok because of the trust that his friend set up. That's huge. That's, like, amazing. And he has, like, a $3 million dance socks deal, I know for sure right now. And he has other endorsements and things like that. But he has money still coming in, of course. But that was a great move from a great friend, personally. I think that was really amazing for him to do that, to make sure he'll be good, you know, in the future. Because a lot of these athletes don't do well with their money, and a lot of them are broke right after they're out of the game. So, and he's been retired for at least, I want to say, 10 years or so. I could be off maybe nine. And he got his um, ring, his Hall of Fame ring, probably four or five years ago. So he's been, he's been good. He's been on straight and narrow. Shout out to him. Everybody posting on their birthday. You know, I post him on his birthday. I never miss a AI birthday. And it was my best friend's birthday that same day, Tanae. Happy birthday, Tanae. But, you know, Alan Iverson, and it was your fault to be born on that man's birthday. You know how much I love him, but <laughs> happy birthday to you, too, you know? Um, I was watching a Red Table talk. I tend to watch it depending on their guests. I'm not a huge fan of Jada Willow or the grandmother. There's just too much happening. But um, on this past episode, Lauren London was there, and she discussed, you know, the passing of the great Nipsey Hussle, who was her partner in life for like six, seven years. And she wanted to discuss the healing that she had to do for the sake of herself, for the sake of her children. And it was really, it was, it was a bit powerful, you know, because you don't see her often now. She's been to herself and rightfully so, because she's had to deal with everything. And, you know, his, his murder was very public, but his, persona and everything he was for us was just as public and prolific as he wanted to be, you know? So to deal with that, and even though she wasn't in the public eye as much, she was always on people's minds. So to see that she is still has that level of strength and she's pushing forward and she's keeping his name and his legacy alive is, is so commendable. Um, it, was, it was a quick snippet. I think she's on for like seven minutes. But I really um, like the fact that she she spoke on it. And, you know, you have to heal. That's that's my main focus for this episode. Um, with everything going on, how do we heal? You know what I'm saying? How do we get back from this? And why is it so important to heal? You know, because in order to move forward, you know, in a very good way, in a, in a healthy way, I know I'm saying the same thing at the same time, but it's like you have to be able to make sure that what's going on is patched up. You know, we are all fighting a war amongst ourselves, you know, with whatever's going on in our personal lives on top of everything that's going on in the world with coronavirus and the protests and all the random violence. We really have a lot to 
unpacked mentally as a society. You know what I'm saying? And the importance of that is to make sure that we're all in a mental space to do better and be better. And that way we could push forward with what needs to be done for ourselves. And I, I wish I had a friend who was a therapist. I have lawyer friends, but nobody's a motherfucking therapist. Um, I wish I had one of those. Like, because it's, it's a lot. Especially I was um, on Facebook and I was asking people how their kids were holding up. Because I know it's a culture shock. Kids are used to being in school. They're used to being with their friends physically. You know, running around, playing with their friends. Recess. They're used to being outside. You know, it's like they have to really adjust to a new normal. And it's it's hard for a little person to now, I, I'm used to being in the classroom, and now I have to wake up at 8 o'clock and log into my computer. And now there's a whole Zoom meeting, and I can't, you know what I'm saying, play tag with this person or stuff like that. So I was asking people how their kids were, and they were saying their kids were, some were saying their kids were fine, they were keeping them busy, keeping them entertained. Some were saying their kids wasn't handling it well because they're social and they're very active. And the fact that they're not able to do the things that they're used to doing, it's really tough, you know. And they're going through their own little, I don't want to say depression, but they're going through their own little phases where it's like, wow, this is different. This is something that we're not used to. And I think that's something that we really need to keep an eye out for. It's been so much happening that you have to make sure that your kids are okay as well as you. Um, I know, for instance, with me, since March, I want to say the end of February, the beginning of March, and now it's June 10th, I've lost six family members, and four of them was due to coronavirus. So it's, yeah, it's a huge deal that I haven't, I know I haven't dealt with it. And it's kind of hard to receive closure when there are no funerals. Like, I didn't realize the importance of a funeral until I couldn't go to six of them, you know? So it's like, I don't know if I'm mourned. I don't know if I've grieved correctly. I don't know what's happening. And I should feel something, but I don't. So I want to make sure everybody is, like, mentally stable because that's a big deal when it comes to your health. And I want to make sure I'm mentally stable as well. I think it's very important. A lot of people overlook it and they feel like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. We can move past it. I'll brush it off. This is what life is. No, sometimes you can. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. But if you're really not okay, you should talk to someone. You should not be okay all the time. You should be able to find someone that you can have a conversation with. Be it a therapist, be it your best friend, a pastor, whoever else you feel like is more comfortable. So, you know go through this with um and us as a people i'm talking to my black people i forgot to even bring up the whole dominican thing child oh it's a whole thing with the dominicans and washington heights and they chased some boys out thinking they were trying to loot turned out they were just buying weed that's all they were doing actually putting money in those pockets of theirs and every Dominican at first was like, yeah, that's what they supposed to do. They supposed to protect the block. Da, 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 da. None of y'all own that shit over there. That shit wild gentrified. Calm down. Calmate. In y'all own words. And then it was like, no, it's a misunderstanding. We down for the black people. We with y'all. 
I have two issues with that. One, when they chased those boys out, they didn't ask no questions. They assumed that they were doing something that they weren't doing. Then they, the next step was violence and intimidation. If that does not sound like what police do to us, what the fuck is it? You literally are doing the same thing that we are marching for. All right? You know what those boys are there for. It didn't need to be 90 of y'all to run them off your block that y'all don't own. That's one. Two, Dominicans, you are black. You are of African descent. Hondurans, you are black. You are of African descent. Y'all are actually Jamaicans that speak Spanish. A lot of y'all from the Caribbean islands don't identify as African-American. And you shouldn't because y'all aren't American. Y'all are Caribbean. Absolutely. But all of these islands are of African descent. When the slave ship stopped, it didn't just stop in South Carolina where they dropped my ancestors off at. They stopped in DR. They stopped in Haiti. They stopped in Cuba. They stopped in Puerto Rico. Okay, they stopped in Honduras, Guatemala, all them places. They stopped right there. Antigua, they made all kinds of pit stops along the way. You are all of African descent. I don't know who told you you weren't, but they lied to you. I'm going to need y'all to pick up a book. And that is another thing that bothers my, you know, mental health and all that. Because when you go to Dykeman, which is where the whole thing happened, that's a special section of Harlem, where a lot of Dominicans are, they do not like black patrons there at all. Smoke, they don't want you to smoke hookah, they don't want you to skate there, none of that. Like, it's over. They will sit there and discriminate against you like they aren't as dark as you are and ain't the same type of nappy as you are. It is self-hatred. And that is something we need to stop. We need to, and again, I am. I really don't feel like I should be educating everybody all the time. Sometimes y'all got to read a fucking book yourselves. Okay? That shit was whack. That whole, we're not, we with y'all and we not black. Yeah, y'all are. Y'all literally are. Read up. Um, a friend of mine named Juby actually posted a reason behind why they feel like they're not you know, a part of, you know, the African diaspora, which they are a part of. And it was things I didn't know about, but I'm also not, you know, Dominican. But if you guys look up uh, Rafael Trujillo, there goes all the answers as to why Dominicans do not think they're black because of that one person. And it stayed in effect while he was in, um, while he was in government. And then his predecessor was even worse. So... Read that up. Shout out to Juby for putting me on to that. Like, that shit was so whack to me. I, I hated that. Because had that been my sons, and y'all just chasing my sons off a block, y'all got bats, it's 90 of y'all, I would have wanted a different kind of revenge. But this is what I'm saying. You have to, it's hard to keep your head together in these trying times. It's hard to think logically. It's hard to sit here and want nothing but peace, peace, peace. When you're angry inside, we're all angry in some way. And I feel like we have to figure out how we can not only release the anger, but heal it, how we can repair it. You know what I'm saying? How we can, or even manifest it into something else that can make us greater. That's my main, 
goal and that's what I really want to know if like people are willing to do it. I know therapy has been a touchy subject in the past for black people, but now it seems to have been taken off. A lot of people are okay with it. I personally think, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm an open book, so I thought I didn't need a therapist before, but with everything that's going on this past couple months, I wouldn't be against it because I don't feel like I am working through my things the way I should be. I'm only being as transparent because I want every, I don't want whoever's feeling the same way as me to know that you're not alone. But yeah, we need outlets, you know, therapy of some people like exercising. I've worked out twice a day, like every day for like the past four weeks or so. Exercising, some people like boxing, you know, different things. My niece actually has started painting like crazy since all this has happened. I think that's how she handles her anxiety. She just like, you know what, I'm just going to paint something. It's pretty, it makes me feel better. Like whatever outlet you can access, you can use. Please try. You know what I'm saying? Please do. Make sure you speak to your children. Make sure they know what's going on in the world. I know it's heavy. I know it's a lot for a child, but they got to understand, especially our young black and brown ones, they must understand because they can be a victim of the things we're fighting for right now. And the goal is so that we don't have to do it when they're this age. So please talk to your kids. Watch when they see us. I know it's heavy. I know it's hard. It was hard for me to watch it too. I couldn't watch it straight through either. But the fact that not only is that like a horror story to us, you also have to remember that is nonfiction. That is real. That happened to those five little boys. Five boys. Kevin, Yusef, Antron, Corey, and Raymond. That really happened. Okay? I know how hard it is to watch shit like that. But to know that this is what was going on not but 30 years ago. You have to make sure your kids are in tune with what happened then because it's happening now. History is repeating itself. Watch the 13th. That's another thing from Ava DuVernay. And apparently Netflix has the Black Lives Matter section now. I was on Amazon Prime. They have a lot of, I forgot what the name of their category is, but they got Selma, Just Mercy, all kinds of black, you know, uplifting things to show us protesting, us going through whatever bullshit we've been going through for the past 400 years. It's a lot of them. I, I didn't see it on Hulu, but I definitely saw it on Netflix and Amazon Prime. They have categories now specifically for us. So please tune in to some of those. Watch them. Make sure your kids learn it. Make sure your kids know what's going on. And um, I'll leave you with the weekly hustle. The quote is, Heal so you don't ever have to give a sarcastic tone to uplifting messages. Heal, so you never have to make anyone else the object of your own frustration. Heal, so when someone tells you they love you, you may allow yourself to believe them. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is According to Fox. Peace.